Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show. With your chance to be heard, give your opinion, bash on the liberals, even make fun of the wacky left. It's on. It's now. It's here. It's the Andy Griffin Show on News Radio 890, 94.9, KDXU, Southern Utah's news talk leader. Good morning to you, 909 on KDXU. I'm Andy. Thank you for tuning in. Mayor Thursday, Mayor Rick Rosenberg will be joining me shortly. I uh, just wanted to welcome you to the program. Uh, answer, I, I te- We did answer it earlier, but I want to tease it and mention the result uh, one more time. Our impossible question of the day, the U.S. has less than half of what Japan has of this. What is it? Uh, we uh, gave hints throughout the morning. We decided it was a store, a retail store. Uh, could have been a restaurant, maybe. But the answer is the U.S., despite having more people and more land, has about, well, less than half of the 7-Elevens that Japan has. Who knew? The Japanese like 7-Eleven. had no clue about that. Uh, and then a couple of things making headlines, and then we'll get to Mayor Rosenberg. Uh, my son sent, me, son sent me a reference on this story a uh, good pickup this morning. Uh, you're you're not going to believe this, but uh, I, a few counties in Oregon have decided they don't want to be in Oregon anymore. They're like, you know, we don't. And this is again from a story in the Portland Oregonian, pretty liberal newspaper. But uh, they said that basically uh, the group hopes political pressure from county initiative votes will lead to negotiations between Oregon and Idaho to move the border putting up to 22 of Oregon's 36 counties in Idaho, the new state. They want to call it Greater Idaho, and it would include, uh, like I said, uh, like 22 Oregon counties plus a couple of California, northern California counties. And the reason for the move, uh, according to the group that's kind of behind this grassroots movement called Move Oregon's Border for a Greater Idaho, that's the name of the group, uh, they couldn't think of a shorter name. The acronym on that would be Mobgi. Yeah, anyway. Um, they want uh, the politics of where they live to more closely reflect their citizenship. I'm talking about moving the border. I think that is pretty, uh, pretty cool. Uh, anyway, all right, let's bring Mayor Rosenberg in. Mayor Thursday, uh, Rick, on short notice, joining us on the program. Thank you, Rick, for coming on today. Hey, not a problem, Andy. How are you doing? I'm doing great. What's going on over there at Rosenberg and Associates? You guys, uh, I don't know, evaluating land still? Always? Oh, yeah. Every day. Every day. The designers are busy trying to keep up with the man. I was going to say, if you guys are helping with the new construction, you uh, have to be running around like a like a chicken with your head cut off with there's so much to do. Yeah, it is. It's... Uh... It's hard to hire good people if there's any, you know, civil engineers or civil engineering designers out there looking for work, and they'll come see me because we're definitely looking for people. There's a lot of demand. Um, We've got six or eight months' worth of work ahead of us right now, and everybody doesn't want to wait six or eight months to get their work done. So, yeah, it's a good time. Well, I have a college degree in communications. That's not going to help me in your business. But how long would it get me if I went back to to school? How long would it get me qualified, Rick, so I could work over there? Well, if you went back and got your AutoCAD uh, training to where you could uh, start design and drafting, we'd probably give you a start. Awesome. Um, awesome. What time should I be there? For people that <laughs> want to work hard, want to learn, and have some skills, some technical skills. Only problem is I'm kind of old. I don't know if you want to invest in somebody that's in his mid fifties. So, <laughs> well, I'm a little older too, Andy. So don't worry about that. 
Uh, you know, obviously you touched on a, a really hot topic right now in southern Utah, and that is the topic of growth. Things have been, um, I don't know, we just had a Jeremy Larkin show on. Things are nuts. and uh, I, I thought this was fascinating. On Jeremy's show, he talked about luxury homes, and, and I'm like, well, what's a luxury home? And he said, well, any home that is a million dollars or more. And I said, now, wait a minute. Five years ago, Rick, uh, a luxury home was a house that's worth a million dollars or more. Now you're talking about a you know a 3,500 square foot house or or, or, or so. The, I, I mean, you used to for a million dollars you could buy a mansion even in St. George five or ten years ago. Uh, not so anymore. You want a mansion, you've got to go three three million, not one. Yeah, that's true. That is true. It's 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 the cost for just a you know a. A home, three thousand square foot home on a lot is is getting upwards to you know six, seven, eight hundred thousand dollars now, and you know it's really not that big a home. What what does that do to Santa Clara? Does that change anything in Santa Clara? I mean, obviously, home prices going up. We've got inflation now. Gas prices, food prices are all going up. Uh, is life going to change in Santa Clara, Utah? Well, life is changing a little bit as as the area grows. Santa Clara was predominantly single-family homes until, you know, about 10 or 12 years ago. And now we're seeing an influx of townhomes trying to to provide housing for, um, you know, working-class families. That's, you know, it's about all they can get into. Um, we still have out there right now some, some large lot subdivisions that are coming through and getting approved, some new ones. We have some... Some townhome projects that are, are getting built up north of the Harmons and um, north of Pioneer Parkway. Um, so we've still got a mix of, of housing products going in. We have um, a turnover in housing kind of in the old Santa Clara Heights area where uh, you've got some older homes, some, some 20-year-old plus homes that are, that are available out there. Um, but everything is getting, as soon as it goes on the market, it's getting sold. We don't have a lot of, of uh, inventory. The same as, you know, all of Washington County is, is in that same boat right now. And that, of course, is fueling new construction. Do you have, are, are you running out of room in Santa Clara, though, for new construction? Yeah, Santa Clara is a little different than, than all of the other communities um, in the fact that our boundaries are limited. Um, we border the city of Ivan's on the north. Uh, we border St. George on the east and on the south, and we border BLM on the west. And a lot of the BLM ground on the west is in area of critical environmental concern or it's in the new HCP expansion. Um, there's limitations on the BLM being able to release that for private development. And so Santa Clara is definitely bounded and um and we're we're filling that area up. If you look at the growth that's going on right now north of Pioneer Parkway in Santa Clara, we've got new commercial development happening along Pioneer Parkway, which we're excited about. And uh, and uh, you know the new Ace Hardware, the Dollar Tree's finished. We've got new restaurants coming in there finally. A new Tag and Go under construction right now. Um, you know, it's exciting to see that commercial growth down there. And then if you go to the north of it, you're seeing some townhome developments kind of filling in some of those properties and then a new 100-lot-plus, um, 10,000-square-foot-lot um, subdivision that's getting ready to start construction up there, too. 
And then the Black Desert Project just fills into Santa Clara from, from Ivan's that include a, a golf course and some golf course-style development. You know, and, and then you look at what's happening in town, and we're filling up the available properties. Some of the farms now are, are thinking about developing into subdivisions. Uh, and once you get through that, then we're pretty much done. Um, Santa Clara can see build out. We we're planning for build out. We're not not uh, it's not in say a twenty year plan. It could be in a five year plan. Yeah. So what when you get to that point, and 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 as you alluded to, not really that far off. Uh, when you get to that point, what's what's next for Santa Clara? As you mentioned, the BLM land probably not real feasible to do anything with. Does that mean you guys stay static and 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 the town starts to age a little bit? Well, but, I mean, that, that's an option. Is What I think is going to happen is what's happened in some other communities that, that reach this point is is uh, there's a mood to, to take things vertical to where you would um, increase the density on the same piece of property, um, have more multi-story type stuff. It's going to be interesting when that time comes how the community receives it. Um, we're a fairly low-density development community, and when you look at our overall densities and our zoning ordinances and that, you don't, you can't get real uh, high density in Santa Clara. So we don't have any. Say, I don't even know if there's a three-story building in Santa Clara. Maybe some two and a half lockout basements, but I'm not sure we even have a three-story. Wow. Um, so it's going to be a change, and and we'll see what how the community does. Um, you know, the city's kind of planning for that in our in our budgeting right now we right now we're getting a lot of revenue and growth related um impact fees and you know new construction new homes and increased property taxes and that one when development stops and those development um, generated revenues stop um, the city has to be ready to address the needs of the community you know via other avenues we're we're hoping that the sales tax will will increase and we'll see additional commercial growth, particularly up in the, the you know, in the area around Harmons to where we'll have additional sales tax revenues that, that can come in and supplement um, the other city revenues to provide for services to back to the community that way. Um, we approved a large number of short-term rentals out there that collect a bedroom tax. That portion of that comes back to the city. And so that's also supplementing um, some of our revenues that way. But, yeah, it's kind of the next five years are, I think, really important for Santa Clara prepare for that. That's going to be uh, going to be interesting. You mentioned the sales tax. How much does the city get on each dollar that is taxed? You know, if we're, if we're paying seven cents or so a dollar, how much of that goes to the city? I don't know if I could tell you percentage-wise how much of it comes back to the city. Um, half of it, the point of sale, sales tax, so if, uh, if the store is located in, in Santa Clara, yeah. half of that sales tax comes back, and then the other half goes to the state and is distributed statewide by population. And so we get a, a chunk from the state, we get a chunk from the individuals. Our sales tax numbers, I can remember you know, when I was first elected mayor, we had hardly any sales tax revenue. It was it was very small. Um this last year, we're getting to where we're collecting almost $100,000 a month in sales tax. Oh, wow. 
that's that's brand new money for the city. Um, that's over a million dollars a year of money revenue that's coming to the city that we didn't have before, and we didn't have to spend a lot of money to get. And so it's really helped um, with the budgeting and helped us do some some projects, some expansion of the parks um, in the city, some new trails, um, some roadway improvements. It's allowed us to to put more money into our street maintenance um, coffers, uh, you know, keeping our existing streets well-maintained, and and it's helped out a lot and um, helped improve, I think, the quality of life in Santa Clara by just providing improved, um, you know, services to the public and the residents. Very cool. Uh, we uh, are interactive here. If you want to call and be a part of the show, 673-5890 is the phone number, 673-5890. I'll also take your text at 435-467-5842. And uh, you can email me, a griffin at cherrycreekmedia.com. We're going to chat with the mayor, Rick Rosenberg, from Santa Clara City. We actually had somebody on the line. Oh, they're back. Okay, we're going to go to the phone line. Hey, thanks for uh, being patient. Uh, you're on with Mayor Rosenberg. And Andy, what's up today? Hello, Andy. Hello, Mayor. Hey, I've got a qu- <coughs> Sorry, question. So, we, you know, Santa Clara and Ivan, they merged their, their public safety. I was wondering if that's, like, in the future to maybe, you know, merge the public works and um, their parks and stuff like that, or maybe in the future just merging the cities all together and maybe, you know, keeping those resources, you know, you know, I'm sure the budget would go a lot lower and things like that if that's the case. Thoughts, Mayor? Yeah, good question. You know, a few years ago we merged our, our police department, and um, the they, I mean, it was a great thing for Santa Clara, the our cost went down about 55% um, by merging, and I think our our quality of our service improved by more than that. Um, we have a you know a fully operational department. They are actually employees of Ivan's with an, uh, an agreement to to serve Santa Clara. Um, and Chief Flowers has done a great job going through that that merger and the transition. Um, they have right now they're housed in Santa Clara, but they're they're getting new facilities in Ivans with Ivans's new town hall expansion, um, and it does great work. If, a few years later than that, we merged the fire department the same way. Um, it's all based on population. Ivans is a little larger, and so they pay a little higher percentage of the cost of the department. The fire department are actually employees of Santa Clara, so police is employed employees of Ivans. Fires employees of Santa Clara. Um, it's about a 45-55. Ivan's has 55% of the cost. Santa Clara pays 45. But this level of service improved dramatically when we made that merger. We got stationed in both cities, and uh, they work really well together. Um, well, then we merged our court, you know, our city court. Santa Clara has a court. Um, we've had it for a long time. And um, the Justice Court and Ivan's now participates in that, so they don't have to go all the way into St. George to the county. They can they can come to Santa Clara's court if um, if they need to, and that's costs are broken out the same way. We we never have discussed merging our public works department or our parks yet. Uh, we do, however, share the cost of equipment with Ivan's Public Works. For example, um, Santa Clara. Um, invested in a new sewer 
um, clean-out truck, a pump truck. Um, Ivans can use that pump truck when they need it. It's not something that has to be used all the time. And so we do share some of those equipment. The, you know, our public works people and Ivans public works people get along really well. If we need help with something, they'll send their people. If they need help with something, we'll send our people. Um, the city recreation departments trying to do it a little bit right now. We don't have a, a city recreation department um, per se, so we don't do soccer leagues and that. We do help with Little League, and we have Santa Clara and Ivan's kids that play Santa Clara Little League, and we have um, Santa Clara and Ivan's kids that go out and play in the soccer um, league that they have in Ivan City. And I think you'll see more of that in the future. Um, there's been I've been approached by parents wondering if Santa Clara would create, um, you know, a city rec league to do some additional um, recreation for the kids, organized recreation for the kids, and and that's something I could see the two cities starting to talk about, you know, going forward. Um, we're so close, and we share the same border. Um, we drive on each other's streets, we shop in each other's stores, and uh, you know, we play on each other's parks, and so it, it makes sense for us to, to share the, the resource and share some of those costs. I don't think you would ever see the two cities merging into one. Oh, you took my next question, Mayor. <laughs> <laughs> I think that there's enough, uh, you know, and it, it's, it's kind of a hard thing to say, um, to describe, but uh, each community is different. Each community has a different heritage. They have a different, um, you know, the aspects of the community are different between Ivans and Santa Clara. The identities of the two communities are different. I don't see sure. those two those two things merging into one. I see us partnering uh, moving forward, but I don't I don't see us merging. Yeah, I mean, if you just asked a random Southern Utah, what do you think of when you think of Ivans? You think, okay, Tuacon and Red Rocks, right? If you ask the right. same, same person, what do you think of Santa Clara? You think, okay, the Jacob Hamblin House, uh, Swiss Heritage, the Glockenspiel, uh, and of course Rick Rosenberg. You, that, that that pops into the head too. So, <laughs> yeah. So you're right. Yeah, they're, they're, they have very different identities, and um, they've come from different different places they develop differently and and i think they want to maintain those identities we're talking with rick rosenberg the mayor of uh, santa clara city just uh, west of south about northwest i guess of st george is that yeah yeah uh, west predominantly west predominantly west yeah uh you know ha, ha, short-term rentals have been uh, the county commission uh, decided that the the rules they had made years ago uh, when it came to short-term rentals were not really appropriate anymore. And so they had a bunch of people, hey, hey, we short-term rental, short-term rental. They said, you know what, we're going to take a six-month uh, kind of uh, kind of table it for six months and try and update the rules, and then we will start listening to get, again to people who want to build short-term rentals. What right now is the policy in Santa Clara on short-term rentals? I mean, obviously you have some in town. Yeah, we have some. Um, and they've been successful. Um before we had our first short-term rental, Santa Clara went through the process of developing, um, modifying our plan development ordinance to allow short-term rentals and then requiring conditional use permits on any requests for short-term rentals. And to get a short-term rental in Santa Clara, you have to be in a PD zone, has to be in a plan development zone. Mm -hmm. Every 
home inside that zone has to be identified as a short-term rental. So it's all or nothing. Um, it's all new development. There was no short-term rental allowed for anything that's existing. So to get a short-term rental in Santa Clara, it has to be brand new development. And every home inside that project is available for short-term rental. So there are no neighbors. Uh, you don't have a... No mix and a, match. Yeah, it, it's all or nothing. It's it's bound in a you know by privacy walls within the PD, and so that minimizes the impacts of parking and other things with that come with a short-term rental on existing neighborhoods adjacent to it. Um, they have to have significant amenities within the PD. So if you come out and look at the Santa Clara amenities, you see significant pools, almost many water water parks like in the Acadia and the Paradise Village at Zion projects. These are very, uh, you know, high-end expensive amenities that provide the recreation opportunities that people come and enjoy. I mean, I tell you a story. My family is going to go. We're actually renting a unit in Santa Clara at the Arcadia Project for my family to come together and enjoy two or three days and enjoy that water park. Sounds so fun. I'm going to yeah. probably sleep in my own bed, but my kids will travel and stay in <laughs> Santa Clara, you know, and they'll will enjoy the facilities inside that amenity. Um, they have to do that to get one approved. And what we're seeing as a result of those requirements is that we don't get a lot of um, – of problems from some of the adjacent homes or adjacent residential neighborhoods associated with the short-term rental. We have very few police calls within the short-term rental projects. Um, they tend to police themselves. So we require management of the short-term rentals, and that on-site management tends to police itself to where we don't get a lot of calls, a lot of disturbance calls in the short-term rentals for our public safety department. Um, those homes don't generate kids that impact our school system. They're all here on vacation. Yeah. Um, very few people live in a short-term rental long-term. <clears throat> they bring a lot of money with them when they come down here, and so they support our local businesses. Harmon sees a lot of business from the short-term rental. Our restaurants see a lot of business from the short-term rental um, visitors. Um, the area economy, the tourism dollars that come you know, to the whole county, see a lot of that come from the short-term rentals. We had a lot of people that were here for the, you know, the marathon and now the Ironman competition who came and stayed and rented those short-term rentals. It was, a, you know, it was easier for them to train, um, and they enjoyed staying there better than, than just a hotel. So short-term rentals have been, I think, successful in Santa Clara, but they're, they're only allowed with very strict controls. Okay. And... Whether council approves more, uh, you know, we'll see. Can our council has had that same discussion. If every short-term rental unit in Santa Clara was constructed right now, it's almost 25% of the homes in the city. Wow. wow. That would be within those projects. That's, you know, you, you think about that and it's like, you know, how many more of these do we really want? What happens if we go into another recession with those units? And so we'll see what council does. I know there are some developers out there that have property in Santa Clara that would like to get short-term rental, they'll be coming through the process, and we'll see what the city council does. But so far, the ones we have have not been detrimental to the city, in my opinion. They they provide something that is in very high demand. They provide good return for the investor. 
and uh, they help support our area businesses. They're, they're like resorts, really, more than just a, a VRBO. Uh, interesting, as you were mentioning mix and match, it, it made me recall my trip. I went to Texas a couple of weeks ago with some buddies. Uh, we had a barbecue tour. It was pretty awesome. Anyway, but uh, we stayed, and j- it was just a regular old house in the middle of an Austin neighborhood, and uh, you could tell this was a mix-and-match neighborhood, and there were folks that lived there and got up and go to work, and there were other folks that were obviously there on vacation. Our next-door neighbor at this vacation rental, uh, we got up to go. One of the barbecue places, you have to be there early in the morning. We got up at 4 o'clock in the morning, and uh, the next-door neighbor was freestyle rapping really loud on the front lawn, and we were like, uh, you know, people are trying to sleep, right? They didn't. They didn't, they didn't seem to care too much. But uh, anyway, uh, let's go yeah. to the phone lines, Mayor. We've got a call for you. Uh, hey, thank you for calling with uh, Mayor Rosenberg. What's on your mind? Hi, Mayor Rosenberg. Um, sorry, this is negative, but um, we just finished up uh, my little ten-year-old grandson playing baseball at that lower field in Santa Clara. Um, uh, you know, I think just off of Crestview, you go down the hill. But uh, we had a rain. Well, number one, underneath the bleachers was just dirty and never blown off or cleaned up at all, just dirty the whole time. But then we had that uh, rainstorm, and it, the, the dirt is so muddy and so gooey <clears throat> that you could hardly walk back to get to the bleachers and slipping and sliding everywhere. There needs to be some gravel or something. And then the parking is, you're just in dirt and mud when you park. And I I wondered why they haven't done something with that parking lot. All the other parks everywhere you go are so nice and clean. And and this one is just uh, terrible. Mayor? Yeah. Something that could be done? Yeah, the city actually has a project right now that we're working on to to fix all of those things that that you mentioned. The the lower little league fields are actually built in the in behind the dam for the lower Tuacon Wash Detention Basin. So, if you remember back in 2012, um, 2010, we, when we had the large area floods, those floods were actually inundated. Um, they're by the the floodwaters that were stored in the detention basin. That's part of the design of the system. So those are a little higher maintenance fields. Um, when they were built, they they weren't built to the same standard that the new um, parks like Goobler Park, um, the complex out there, the field design is, is different. Um, city has a project right now. And, and then we've got, when they built the parks, they kind of cut the toe off the slope that comes down the hill, and it's a blue clay slope. Um, there's been some some landslide activity on the slope, and it, it tends to creep. The material comes off the hill and creeps down underneath the bleachers, and so it's a hard thing to, to keep maintained. Um, what the city's doing now is we received some, some tourism grant money from the county, and we're going to go in and improve the, the gravel parking lots up on top of the hill first. Um, the parking lot that's near the tennis courts and the Spence Gun Field and then the parking lot that's up around the playground and the restroom building up on top of the slopes, those will get improved hopefully this next budget year. Um, the design is, is pretty much finishing up on those. And then we're also do- redesigning the lower fields down at the Little League Fields so that will include paving of the parking lot down there, improved um, trail access, 
and then we're putting a retaining wall in on the slope that should help prevent the, the material from creeping um, down underneath the bleachers. They'll be lifting the bleachers up, putting concrete pads in, um, actually working to try and fix all of those problems that you just mentioned. The, the city recognizes that there's some issues out there with the Little League Park. It's expensive um, to do those type of repairs. Any slope stability repairs are always expensive, and, and we kind of want to get that done and then work our way out of the parking lot. Um, but it is still going to be inside the, you know, the retention area for the basin, and so it'll still be subject to flooding and, and periodic closure as a result of that. But we have talked about relocating those fields. I think the, our parks director, Brad Hayes, would love for the city to, to move those Little League fields out of the detention basin and maybe put them up on some uh, property adjacent to Gibbler Park. And so the city's also looking at expanding um, the city property in areas. But I tell you right now, a developable piece of property, you know, I heard that property out by the temple was selling for 300000 an acre. <laughs> and I start money. thinking about the city having to buy property to build parks. Yeah, and that's uh, not... going to take a lot of money to make it happen. But, you know, I appreciate the call. I appreciate the feedback on it. We're aware of the issue at Little League Park, and we're working to try and get it resolved as soon as we can. All right, Rick, uh, i got to get a weather break in here. Only about five, no, eight minutes late, but we'll get the weather break in. We'll get the mayor on and answer the rest of your questions. 673-5890 is the phone number, or you can text me. Uh, right now, let's check in with weather. Interactive at the Andy Griffin Show. Call in now at 673-5890. Text in at 435-467-5842. Email at agriffin at cherrycreekmedia.com. Let your voice be heard on the Andy Griffin Show. Thanks for tuning in to Mayor Thursday. Haven't had Coach uh, Mr. Rick Rosenberg on, Mayor Rick Rosenberg on in a while, but we've got him today. Rick, thanks again for taking your time out today. I know you're a busy man. Hey, no problem, Andy. Glad to be here. Uh, let's go right back to the phones. Dial is on line two. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Andy Griffin Show with Mayor Rosenberg. What's on your mind? Uh, yes. Am I talking to the mayor? Yeah, he's right here. Yeah. Okay, Mayor, uh, this is Dial. I know you know me, and I've had conversations at the city uh, council meeting with you before. I have uh, two two things that I would like to discuss. One is uh, you mentioned the businesses on Pioneer Parkway. I'm wondering why the city doesn't control the speed of the traffic on Pioneer Parkway. Uh, and I've asked before if you wouldn't put uh, some of these uh, devices on Pioneer Parkway that tell people how fast they're going and remind them of their speed and remind them what the speed limit is. I'll, I'll be quiet for a minute. Mayor? Well, it's good talking to you, Dial. Um, the city, we've actually just had the Public Safety Department do some speed studies up on Pioneer Parkway where they put their, their speed sensors out and and look at it. Um, there are some some violations up there. Um, they're not a, a big percentage, however, based on the, the studies, the real-time studies that the, the, the police department has run. Um, we are going to be talking about that as a city council in one of our upcoming meetings. Um, we're seeing increased traffic on Pioneer Parkway and on um, Santa Clara Drive. 
um, from a lot of the growth that's happening in, in that side of the of the county and then a lot of the people that are um, taking Utah Hill, Old 91, in, instead of the, the freeway down through the gorge. Anytime something happens in the gorge, we get a lot of traffic out there on Pioneer and on Santa Clara Drive. Right. And so council's aware of it. Um, council's looking at some things that we can do to, to maintain public safety along those streets. It may include some of those, the flashing speed um, signs like we do have in Santa Clara Drive. We may be putting those up on on Pioneer Parkways, particularly as you approach the Rachel Drive intersection um, that you're familiar with to to try and slow some things down. And so it's just one of the things that the city's trying to to keep up with. We are making some improvements on Pioneer Parkway dial down at the Red Mountain intersection where the road narrows from, uh, you know, the full width down to the two lanes that wind through the lava. Um, there's been some real safety issues at Red Mountain that we are going to go in and do some pavement widening so that we've uh, developed some turn lanes specifically at Red Mountain. And I think you'll see the city installing some additional, you know, traffic uh, trying to tra- calm the traffic a little bit and maintain the speed across Pioneer Parkway the entire length as we go forward. But good question. What was your second one? Uh, well, uh, I'll continue on that one. I, I wouldn't think uh, a speed control sign at Rachel would help because there's a stoplight there. But I would think uh, approaching uh, from either side about, uh, you know, several blocks away would be helpful because that's where the speed is uh increasing the most i would think also the other yeah. one is back to goobler park you mentioned uh goobler park and you still haven't fixed the problem of goobler park and the dry and the uh one-way uh entrance to the park yes you have signs but you haven't actually fixed the problem there and the citizens have asked that a number of times we've had a lot of uh citizens signed a petition to to have that done, and it still hasn't been done. Yeah, the the city's got the design done for the speed table. It's on the the list of things for to be constructed out there to provide the the speed table on the parking lot to to try and discourage people from going the wrong way and coming back into the subdivision from the park. Um, there's some effort on the part. We may even come in and do some additional speed bumps in there. We're kind of hoping to get the speed table built now that now that Little League is finished up. I think you'll you'll see that park open up to where we can do that. Um, if we can get the pickleballers to to go the right way, that would that would help us a bunch. Now go easy on the pickleballers, there, Mayor. I'm one of them. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, and I I appreciate pickleball. It just seems like. We have a problem out on the west side of Googler Park, Andy, where people just absolutely refuse to follow the one-way signs. Really? And they they go the wrong way on it. Um, it's low traffic volume, but it's still a problem. We have people coming out into the subdivision going the wrong way. Is that something um, you could write a couple of tickets, uh, you know, once or twice, and all of a sudden they wouldn't do it anymore, Mayor, do you think? It doesn't seem to help. Um, hmm. And uh, it's kind of... City tries to find a balance between, you know, the iron fist and and the general reminder. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. But it, you know, the residents don't think we write enough tickets. The pickleballers think we're being oppressive. Um, 
So we're trying to find a balance. We're hoping to to put a speed table in there that would definitely make it less advantageous to go that way. Uh, we hate to put the the real abrupt speed bumps in there to you know rattle everybody's cage when they they try and drive across it. Um, we've talked about possibly putting in a gate or putting in the tire shredders if they try and go out the wrong way. But we're we're trying not to to go to that level. I know the city council doesn't doesn't want to go that level. They may end up going that level if if there's if we don't get some cooperation from some of the drivers, then they don't start going the right way. So mm-hmm. um, we're trying to maintain that balance out there. I was I've been out to the park watching my granddaughter play softball you know, every week here for a long time. And I know I sit there and I watch people in that parking lot as much as I watch the game, trying to monitor in my my head who's going the wrong way. It doesn't seem to be the little leaguers. When there's a game going on, we don't seem to see it. But early in the morning, we see a lot of it. Um, we see it from a lot of the other users in the park and some of the adjacent um, residents. And so um, we'll keep trying to, to fix the problem and appreciate the residents' patience while we do so. All right, he's Mayor Rick Rosenberg. We're going to take a quick break, Mayor. We'll be back and finish the, up the program, if you'll hold on just a second. Okay, sir. 9.51 on KDXU. It's Mayor Thursday, Rick Rosenberg, on the air, answering questions, doing a great job. Uh, real quick, let me talk about Joe Shoney. Joe Shoney has been a sponsor of the show for a long, long time. And, again, uh, his his thing is, uh, yeah, you know what, I'll take care of you. And that means a lot. In this day and age, you've got a, a guy that's going to step up and say, hey, uh, I'll be your customer. So I'll be your advocate when it comes to loan companies. I mean, let's face it. If you get a loan and it's a big company, a big giant company, that you need a liaison between you and that company. And that's what Joe is all about is making sure that you're happy, satisfied, and that you are uh, taken care of. Uh, online, Joe Shoney with 531, 531 reviews. Average is an astonishing 496 out of five stars. This one from Bruce says, I feel that Joe went above and beyond to help me in any way that he and his staff could. He was very nice and a pleasant person to work with. Five stars. Five stars from Dan said, good service, hardworking. Man, a few words, but five big stars. Call Joe Shoney today at 435-590-6300. We'll be back in 90 seconds. This is America for crying out loud. Traditional, conservative, capitalistic. Let's band together and melt the snowflakes on The Andy Griffin Show. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Radio 890, 94.9, KDXU, Southern Utah's News Talk Leader. Melting the snowflakes one snowflake at a time, or maybe a mess. I'm not sure. I'm Andy Griffin. Thanks for joining in on the program, 954 on KDXU. As we hit the tail end of the Mayor Thursday show with Rick Rosenberg today from Santa Clara. Mayor, it sounds like you guys have a really good working relationship with the town of Ivan's, almost a sister city type situation. Uh, is there the possibility, and I don't know how, how long you, you've had to deal with things like this, but uh, I know there are some conflicts up in Idaho and Oregon of counties and cities that, that don't get along and don't agree or or, or, you know, is there ever a situation where you've had to sit down with the mayor of another city and say, uh, we need to talk? <laughs> um, you know, it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, it, we have a great working relationship with, uh, with the, you know, the city of Ivan's. Mayor Hart and I are, are good friends. And, yeah, good guy. And I hope he understands he can pick up the phone and call me anytime he has beef. And, and I 
think he would do the same for me. Uh, Mayor Randall of St. George the same way, and it was like that with Mayor Pike. Um, we share boundaries. Um, we share a lot of the same issues in all of our communities. We all work on different committees, whether it's the Metropolitan Planning Organization dealing with traffic, you know, regional traffic, or the Rural Water Supply Agreement dealing with, you know, water and the water district. Um, we meet together a lot, and uh, we understand uh, each each communities, and each community is different, and our problems are different. Um, we uh, we work really close with with Mayor Hart in putting together the the police merger and the fire department merger and the court. Um, we work closely with Dale Coolum, his city manager, and Brock Jacobson, city manager, and Santa Clara work closely together. Uh, they meet routinely and talk about things, and our public work staffs, you know, and our recreation staffs, they work together as well. And the same can be said with St. George, and that's part of the success of, of all of our communities is that the leadership of the communities are all, they share ideas, they, they try and develop solutions together, and the solutions that we try and put together are good for all communities, not just what's best for Santa Clara, but what's best for, for everybody. We're all kind of in this boat together, um, and uh, we share resources, and and we support each other when we ask for funding. And um, we understand, I understand as the mayor of Santa Clara of a bedroom community that the businesses located in St. George provide the employment for, for many, many, many of my citizens, and so yeah. I support the development of the area as a whole to provide those employment opportunities you know, for the citizens in my community. And so you know, it's been a great working relationship. It, it's kind of ironic you say we're on the same boat together considering the drought that we're in. And that would be an issue that, I mean, you talk about together with St. George and Ivan's and, and you know, you, you throw in Washington and Hurricane and, and even, you know, you know, other communities in the area. Uh, we've got some real water concerns. And you're a guy that studies soils, and I guess the soils are, are, are pretty dry right now, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. We um, you haven't seen a lot of runoff this year. Um, yeah. Even some of the storms that we get, you don't, you're not seeing any runoff. We didn't see any snowmelt runoff in the Virgin River at all um, this season. We're not. We're in a, the midst of an extreme drought. Um, if you drive around and look at some of the reservoirs, you're gonna you see that. If you stop and look at the soils, you're gonna see that. If you go to the mountains and. And the top of the watershed that we rely upon to fill those reservoirs every year, you can see it up there. And uh, not any one city is not going to be able to to solve it and be able to make it through. It's going to take all of us. We, we've all implemented water restrictions as far as time of use. You're going to see all of us work together and develop a, a water conservation plan that's that's going to be impacted by every community. Every, I think every community is going to sign on to that. And each of us are in different, you know, levels of water development. And we all developed our own water until the, the water district kind of came along and, and everybody's kind of pulled their water into one, one regional system now. But we each have, you know, different water needs. Some are still heavy agricultural, like over to Hurricane. Um, some of Santa Clara is still heavy agricultural. Right. You're going to probably see that phase out over time um, or switch over to reuse and secondary water. You're going to see secondary water uh, being used on more homes and on their outdoor 
um, irrigation. And we're okay with and, that. Uh, yeah, yeah, and and it's and if we do it together, to where you know nobody's trying to take advantage of the situation, um, we're trying to make sure that the the water is used to the best of our ability, and that we've always got water available for our residents, and still have some of the you know the open space areas available in the parks and. Mayor, we're out of time. Sorry to interrupt. We did uh, use up our time. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's always a pleasure to talk to Rick Rosenberg of Santa Clara.